Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Dairy Pod. I'm Rory MacDonald from the Dairy Australia Farm Team. Today's podcast comes from Northern Victoria, where dairy farmer Dean Vinicombe is on the road to recovery after contracting COVID-19. Dean, who farms at Calaville, north of Bendigo, spoke to Murray Dairy's Lockie Barnes recently about the virus and its impact on his farming operation. Welcome to Dairy Pod, and I'd really like to thank Dean Vinicom for joining us today, who's now become famous as the dairy farmer with COVID-19. So welcome, Dean, and thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks, Loggy. Well, I guess the first question that I really need to ask is, how are you feeling, Dean? First day yeah, of no, quarantine. We're pretty good. Um, I got given the all clear uh, yesterday, so... Um, Department of Human Services ring me, rang me up and said, um, ask me a few questions and tick the boxes and thank you very much. So, um, yeah, now we're back on track. Very good. And your parents too? They're going well? I know it was touching. Yeah, so they got the tick of approval. Tomorrow. Yeah, they got the tick of approval the day before. Um, so, yeah, I just stayed at their place for an extra night just because um, my wife was still in quarantine. Very good. So, um, leading up, into it, I guess, Dean, you've done pretty well in terms of it hasn't spread through the farm. Is that correct? Yeah, no, we've been lucky. So we've had some uh, members tested and um, no one, we have a builder who's tested positive, but that's the only person that has tested positive out of about five tests. So we've done pretty well. Okay, so with quite a big workforce and a bit of a project going on there, Dean, um, do you put that down to some of the processes and protocols you might've had in place um, before you knew you were even going to be at risk. Yeah, that's right. So um, dad suffers fairly bad from cancer at the moment. So we're more worried about him getting it than us kind of a thing. So, um, but you know, we read up a little bit about it and we've had some stuff that we put on the vats and the offices and had all our meetings outside and stuff like that. Um, just, you know, they said that's the best practice and all that kind of stuff. So we've tried, tried to follow best practices just for our workers and all that, but, more so just for the health of mum and dad as well, because they're in the high risk range. I guess for the benefit of people who don't know you and don't know the farm, Dean, um, you've got a few employees there and also uh, a project on the go. So how many people sort of are on site on an average day, including people coming and going with the building and construction and maybe just go into a little bit what is going on farm at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment we're building a brand new freest also from scratch. Uh, 720 cows. Uh, it's been a project we've been doing for the last couple of years and um, it's going along nicely but there were 16 workers there last week when I was confirmed that I had um, COVID and um, that was just on the shed and then we've got we had four workers of our own as well. So the social distancing measures um, with, that might have been in place for your old man as well as the workers just you know with common colds and flu seem to do the trick. Was there any source of information you'd used, Dean? Had you looked at the Dairy Australia website or got information from DHHS um, just around how to keep things safe and stop spread within your own business and to those that are coming and going from the farm? Yeah, so it was. So we actually printed uh, Department of Human Services had um, some flies, you know, if you suffer from a cough or a cold or whatever, don't come inside. And we had that on the door for the kids and stuff like that. Because uh, with this project, we'd had a fair few people coming and going kind of a thing. Um, and then, yeah, Dairy Australia. So we had them uh, on the vat, milk vat and all that kind of stuff, just saying, you know, 
make sure this is sanitised and we had sanitised the bottles there and all that kind of stuff and uh, just make sure everyone's kept clean and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we did, did have those protocols in place just to keep everyone on the safer side. So from, um, they, they do say there's only six degrees of separation from two people anywhere in the world, but um, I think you'd be pushing the six degrees to get from Wuhan to out the back of Calville there, Dean. Um, so it, it goes to show that no matter where you are, you did need to, um, I guess, um, be wary of it. Um, how do you feel that other farmers are taking it in sort of the people you talk to? Do you think um, that level of risk is getting through? Because I guess, being often remote and isolated, you might not think that you're going to be at risk. Yeah, we probably thought we were one of the last guys to get it out there where we were. And um, But, you know, as you said, you got someone coming from, you know, your semen salesman and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we always just said, well, if someone comes, just make sure you meet and talk outside and all that kind of stuff because, you know, it's just not a due diligence of care to our own workers. But, um, you know, there's neighbours and stuff like that that have got health problems as well. And, you don't want to be that neighbour that was pretty lax and stuff like that. Um, I think most guys are taking it fairly serious because, you know, since we've got it and we just told everyone, so I was pretty happy and open about that because, you know, with all these people there, I just want to tell everyone because if I had a worker or something like that that kept it a secret and stuff like that, well, I'd be a little bit disappointed. So it works both ways. So, you know, if I've got a respect of everyone like that, well, I expect the same respect back. So I guess the practicality of being um, found positive, Dean, and well, three people on the property being found positive, um, what impact did that have on the business? What stuff did you put in place immediately and, um, you know, how did it affect the day-to-day -day running of things? Yeah, so we're pretty lucky. So we did talk to DHNS and um, they just said that, um, you know, this is what you've got to do and what you don't have to do. and um, they just said, well, either I isolate from the farm and because mum and dad then tested positive, so I went and stayed at their place because Sarah and my wife was negative. Um, so, yeah, it was easier to leave all the good people working still rather than me going up there and trying to do everything. So um, I just went around it, but to mum and dad's and quarantine there, but they did say that I was still allowed to go and feed the cows. Uh, they were happy with that. They were happy with me travelling on the roads to go back to the dairy farm. Uh, but just as long as none of the workers were in the two vehicles, so we just banded all that. Uh, rang our milk company up, um, and none of the workers were allowed at 25 metres within the truck, uh, and they just said, well, we're going to be here between one and two, so, um, you know, that worked fairly well, and if they were early, they just rang us. Um, so, you know, yeah, we just tried to do everything right and by the book. So it sounds like you've got a, a fairly mild dose of it, Dean. It can be quite serious, regardless of what the risk factors are. You, you kind of never know how bad a dose you're going to get and how badly it's going to impact you. Um, would you see that if it did um, have a greater impact on you personally, um, it would have been a lot more disruptive? And any thoughts on what you may have done? Had you know, touch wood and glad it didn't happen, but if it, it had gone that step further. Yeah, well, because we are building a shed and all that, we've got protocols in place and, you know, with Dairy Australia and our consultants and all that, we've been putting protocols in place and systems and, you know, these people, this is your job and, you know, we're carving every day and stuff like that. So with that, if one team member goes out, it's not a big job because, you know, there's only a couple of little things that, that person has to pick up. So, um, you know, we're probably lucky that we've had all those systems in place the last couple of months. 
Um, and, you know, and then we had these two backpackers and they just filled the hole a little bit there kind of a thing as well. Uh, we haven't had backpackers for years. It was just an opportunity. They've rocked up and said, you know, can we do some work? And, and that was it. So, um, so yeah, you know, look, but yes, if, if you were crooker and all that kind of stuff and, um, you know, we're pretty lucky. We've got good staff. We pay them extremely well. But, um, you know, it's the fun and joys of having that real good staff around you and paying them a little bit extra. Yeah, so we got milk and protocols and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, so they wear gloves and aprons and stuff like that and stay clean that way. Um, as I said, we spray in our hands with iodine after every run just so, you know, if if there is any cross-contamination, well, it's killed with the iodine spray. Um, so, yeah, there's sterilant in the spray as well. So, um, you know, we've, we bought a big five-litre drum of sterilant um, that, you know, they can use that as well kind of a thing. So we have been using that. Um, we've got a Filipino guy, he wears a mask and stuff like that. So that's his protocol. That's his choice. That's not, doesn't have to, but yeah. So there's some of the protocols we got in the dairy. So how many people are there at a milking Dean? And have you got, uh, I'm not too familiar with your setup. How far are they apart? Have you had to put any sort of strict restrictions in place? Yeah, so about? it's a 30, it's a 30 swing over. Um, and what we've been doing is splitting the shed in half. So, the one guy at the front's milking 15 cows and the guy at the back's milking 15 cows and then there's not a lot of crossover and all that kind of stuff. So they're staying that metre and a half to two metres apart at most times and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just those simple rules of, you know, stay those distances. So you mentioned before too about field work. Um, you've got things like uh, separate tractors and things like that, um, splitting shifts. Is there anything else you've kind of got that really limits the amount of contact between staff and then, I guess, between shifts and things, Dean? Yeah, so n not two people in any vehicle at one stage. So, you know, if there had been two blokes that were going to go down and do something down the paddock in a tractor, well, they'd take a tractor and a motorbike or a tractor and a ute just to keep that self-isolation open a bit more. Uh, just a few little things like that, just the common sense stuff. So the guy that's driving a tractor all day, he drives a tractor and all that. And the guy that's on the motorbike, well, he's just on the motorbike. So and yeah, then that they're not in that confused uh, environment that they can be spread and stuff. Yeah, so not travelling together and yeah, your ute, yeah. your ute, your tractor's your tractor. Um, about people coming onto the farm, particularly you've got the big project going plus a fair few staff running around. Um, any any um, visitor protocols you've got in place? Yeah, so there's a biosecurity sign out the front. Uh, they've got to ring me to enter the place. Uh, any semen guys and all that kind of stuff got to make appointments beforehand um, and then there's a meeting point that we've got on the farm and then there's after that it's just don't go into a building with them or whatever and just ask them the questions and all that kind of stuff but it's pretty easy for me to be saying I'm asking questions when I was a positive one. <laughs> yeah I think that might have snuck in the back door I guess that's understandable you're allowed to chat to your parents I think Dean but I guess, yeah, in, in summary, you've, you have worked your best to keep those people at that safe distance and limited the cross-contact between them all. Um, and then people coming onto farm are pretty clear that you've got strict protocols in place about time of deliveries and um, limiting the contact with those outside sources. Is that a fair summation of what you've been in? Plus, I guess, those um, basic hygiene rules. Yeah, not only that, just the auger's always set up. So, you know, you're not busting your guts to set an auger up when the truck comes and then you're coughing and whatever near the auger driver man or the tractor truck man and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, just things all set up. So, 
you don't have to see those people. So you just say, look, the silo's set up, just drive there and drop the grain in and all that, and it's done. So just, you know, the less contact with other people, uh, it's probably the safer every. And, you know, and that was more so for mum and dad that I was worried about giving it to them than, um, you know, me catching it for someone else kind of thing. Have you got any protocols around the house about changing clothes when you come home and keeping it out of, I guess, you, the own house you live on and the other um, house or just next to your property at your parents' there? Yeah, so um, hand sanitizer in all the vehicles. So we've been washing our hands and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't so much. We just take our jumper off and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the idea was if you're coughing, you cough into your arm and stuff like that. So we just take that jumper off and leave it at the door. Um, so we don't bring it in there. Um, and then as soon as we found out I was positive, I was out of here kind of a thing. So, um, and yeah, the wife was pretty careful about cleaning things, um, using our own cups and stuff like that with four kids. It's pretty hard, but, um, you know, we just said, well, this is what you got to do and, and just explain to the kids. And, and then once I did get it, had to explain to the kids again, that, you know, look, the police might come to make sure we're at home and don't worry, dad's not in trouble and stuff like that. So. It's just to engage them because, you know, the oldest daughter's 13, but the youngest son's only eight. And, you know, you just don't need any surprises for them, I suppose. And, and, and you know, and we've got signs at the front door. If, if you've got any of these symptoms, do not come in. And, and we had mine and Sarah's name and phone numbers on the front door. So the kids don't, don't have to. They just say, well, ring dad or ring whatever. And, um, you know, just to put them out of harm's reach too kind of thing. Do you have any thoughts on if it was only you in the business, Dean? I guess you've had that um, staff in place and you've had the foresight to, I guess, put systems and processes that mean um, you aren't required there day to day. Do you have any thoughts of what would have happened if, it, like a lot of, um, I guess, your peers in the industry, where it is a one or two person operation, um, what may have been able to transpire with that? Or is it something you'd prefer not to think about? Yeah, you probably prefer not to think about it, but, um, you know, it's probably the same as if you've got any other cold and you're there, you're by yourself anyway. It's just systems as usual, probably gloves. Uh, you'd have to use a lot more sterilant and stuff like that and touch around the bats. Um, I would just use the one tractor and all that kind of stuff so you don't have to go and clean other vehicles and stuff like that later on. Um, and, you know, it's just things like that. So you really got to minimise what you're touching. Um, and then, yeah, sterilising stuff. So, you know, we've used a lot of sterilisers and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that was just for everyone else's safety as well. Uh, the milkers are washing their hands with iodine spray after every run, just so there was no contact to contact with them and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they say the bug's pretty easy to kill, but it's pretty contagious as well. Mm -hmm. so, I guess as a whole process, hey, Given you any thoughts on how you continue to stay connected and other ways of doing business while we are all in lockdown and um, having to change how we do things because of this unprecedented event? Yeah, look, we're pretty lucky. So, you know, I'm not very big on computers and stuff like that, but we've been using a lot of Zoom meetings and stuff like that because we've been talking to guys from America and, um, you know, people like that. So we've done fairly well there because, you know, um, with the shed and now they're all locked down all over the world too. It's a lot easier to get this better information out of those guys because they're all locked down and can't really travel. So uh, they're probably a little bit more available than what they've been most other times. So, um, you know, it's just an opportunity time that we can uh, make contact with those people and, and get the information we need.
I probably should point out we are doing this over Zoom at the moment, Dean, so it, it does work and you can get it going. I mean, um, exactly. often, often farmers seem allergic to being um, tied to a laptop or something, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be a technological problem to um, put an auto steer on a tractor or set some automatic irrigation or something. So how hard is the technology to use, Dean? How long does it take to get your head around, I guess? Yeah, no, the wife does that, so I've done pretty well. I won't lie there and I won't steal her thunder. But, um, yeah, no, look, it's been pretty good and uh, most guys are pretty happy. Like, it was funny, the news rang up the other day and I was down the paddock and we just talked on Messenger kind of a thing and stuff like that. So, um, you know, with internet services getting better and better all the time, we're probably lucky the way we can communicate. You think the whole process might have unlocked a few practicalities? I was just talking to a... a person today that said they couldn't do a face-to-face -face and they managed to do the chat and send some files and things over the phone while they're sitting in the tractor. Have you had sort of that similar experience that when this is all over, some of this technology and some of these uh, ways of working might continue um, post the whole COVID-19? Yeah, well, probably not so much for us, but, you know, office staff and all that, you know, like uh, insurance agents and all those kind of things, I dare say they'll be doing a lot more from home and because they have and they've set the systems up now too. Like, you now it's no different to us setting our systems up now, but um, there's going to be a lot more of that kind of stuff, home office work and all that kind of stuff for two or three days a week where they can work from home. So, yeah, I do believe it's probably here to stay and it's probably not a bad thing. So that's most of the questions I had, Dean. Really happy to hear that you're well and particularly your parents as well, knowing um, what your dad's been through and things like that. Is there any uh, final words of wisdom on the whole experience, Dean, that you might like to leave people on? Yeah, no, look, I'd just like to say, well, um, you know, thanks for the opportunity to talk and spread our story and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we can say it's not as bad as what other people have been through, but don't take it for granted because I don't know why some people get out of it as easy as they do and, and other people get bowled over an intensive care kind of a thing. So I probably wouldn't let your guard down just because we've been lucky enough to get through it unscathed. But, um, you know, just do your due diligence and, and it's not yourselves as well. It's next door neighbours and all that, that we've got to worry about as well. I think that's a really good point to end on there, Dean, that, yeah, you were lucky this time, but, um, yeah, you were unfortunate enough to um, get a positive result and luckily everything's turned out health-wise well, but, um, yeah, the best everybody can do is try and stay safe. Uh, I guess logging, from my perspective, logging to the DA website, look at how to keep yourself um, as safe as you possibly can and stop the spread to others if you are unfortunate enough to get that result. So... Once again, thanks for joining us on Dairy Pod. Um, always like chatting to you, Dean. Um, hopefully next time it's under some better circumstances. No, nah, not a worry. Too easy. Thanks, mate. Thanks to Dean Vinicolm and Lockie Burns for that insight into COVID-19 and how Dean's dealing with it on, it on his farm. There's been plenty of resources on the subject at dairyaustralia.com.au, so log on to have a look or speak to your regional office to find out what you can do to prevent the spread of COVID-19 on your farm. And don't forget you can find DairyPod archives on SoundCloud or you can subscribe at Apple Podcast. Thanks for listening and take care. Music.